we're a little disheveled. We've had some technical difficulties getting off. It the could be worse. Now. Everything's oh, good though. It's good weather. Can we can we restart the show? Can we please restart the show? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, wait. What do we? How do I usually start the show? You said this is Pixels Weekly. November 7th, 2016. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. I'm Yannick. And I'm Davis. And this is Pixels Weekly. And I'll call car alarm and I'm going to tell y'all to get out there. No. Vote. No. no. I want you to drink no. moonshine. I want you to make no. your own sleeping sack. Well, call car alarm is, is here to remind us to vote, which is a nice thing. We, we'll tolerate that. That is a nice thing. We'll tolerate that. That's right. He's not telling you who to vote for. He's just saying do it. You should do it. If you can do it, do it. Like, what does that mean? Like, if you have arms? No, I mean, like, it's a it's a privilege to vote. <laughs> if, oh, okay. If you're, if you're in a country that has I, the... And I wonder, also, I am sure that... If we have. I am sure that voting is accessible enough so that people without arms can vote. That would be pretty messed up if that wasn't the case. <laughs> right. You're right. This is true. You're right. I guess I didn't do my research before. I just uh, let Carl Carlarm go off like that. And if you're 15, <laughs> you can't vote. You have this expression, uh, what? no no arm, no chocolate. Well, I guess it doesn't rhyme, so you don't have what? it. <laughs> what? In French, in French, there's a very, very famous experience, expression that says, I mean, I don't know when you use it, but it's, and I don't know what the origin of it is, but. You say the literally the the, the no literal bra, translation no would be no pas de bras pas de chocolat no pas arm bra. no chocolate <laughs> so no arm no chocolate does that mean like if someone doesn't have arms that you won't give them a piece of chocolate it has no it's it's figurative I don't know it's not oh, okay. you know to take it like I do like sense, the idea of everyone in France kind of carrying around a piece of chocolate to give out and then somebody. <laughs> I mean, I don't like the idea of somebody without arms being denied that chocolate. <laughs> but that's a se- that's a separate thing. That's not inclusive enough. The chocolate should be for everyone. <laughs> All right. Despite what you've heard so far, this is a video <laughs> game podcast that comes out weekly on Mondays to make you smile. Uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking about BlizzCon. It just dropped. It's still technically happening. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, so we're going to get... To it, right after we start the show with what's in our minds and in the news. It's the hodgepodge. Yay! Yay! The hodgepodge. Let's see. I can start. Two things. The big announcement from Nintendo was for Animal Crossing, and it was an Amiibo support for Animal Crossing. Gross. Uh, Yeah. It wasn't... (laughs) I really wanted the app. I'm like, give me the Animal Crossing app. Give it to me. But it wasn't that. Yeah. And they've promised to make an Animal Crossing like app or something before the end of the year, right? Yep. I mean, it's fun. You can, there's RVs now and you can get an RV in your town. And the Amiibos all have like little special uh, guests and and stuff. You can convince them to stay in your town. So that's fun. I haven't had a chance to play it, but I did do the update. And I'll do that on my way home. So I still don't quite understand like what Amiibo support is. Can you just explain that to me a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So with currently Animal Crossing New Leaf, before this update, 
didn't have any amiibo support, but there were a ton of amiibos that were for Animal Crossing and the amiibo cards. Hold on, wait. Do we have to wait, Sandy? Do we have to go back a step? Do you know what an amiibo is? They're like James? the little toys, right? Right, and they oh, have yes, an RFID chip. Characters with, with NFC. the Nintendo game characters. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. They also have in the base an NFC chip. That's it. And a tiny little piece of memory so that they can read. Yeah. See, so the it's uh, was it Skylanders that did something similar, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the yes. whole deal? So like, you just have a little toy and you. Basically, can put it near your uh, your DS, and it gives you the character. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like physical DLC. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice, great, great analogy. Yeah, it's it's physical DLC, and there's two Animal Crossing games: Animal Crossing New Leaf, which is here's your town, you're the mayor, Tom Nook is the ultimate villain, and then you have Happy Home Designer, <laughs> where you get to design the villagers' homes and businesses, which is the fun part of Animal Crossing is buying furniture and setting it up. Yeah. So Happy Home Designer has amiibo cards. You collect the cards, you trade them. They come they bring in special villagers that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. They get the premium villagers, which would be your Tom Nook and all those special visitors that you get throughout the year. And mm. with this update, you can now use those amiibo cards with New Leaf. But it, nice. it's it's not the app. And that's I want. I want. <laughs> so what? What exactly would the app be? It's a mobile app. We don't know what it is. Yeah. We just know it's Animal Crossing. Gotcha. But like, some, I would assume some sort of like ARG, right? Going after well, the like Pokemon Go market. I don't. Well, I don't know. But Nintendo essentially at the beginning of the fiscal year made a promise that it was going to have. It was going to bring the following franchises to mobile. It was going to do an Animal Crossing thing. And it was going to do a... Was Fire Emblem the other one, Sandy? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So we're all sitting around waiting to be like, are you making games for these things? They said they're not going to do ports, that they they think that things need to be designed specifically for the phone, but they won't kind of release these things, and they don't, they're running out of months, I think. Don't make it a jumping simulator. <laughs> uh, sure. Okay. Another one. Then a jumping. The other part. I've never heard that before. That's good. (laughs) Then it comes to the Apple keynote. Another one. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Oh, you mean like you mean like an endless runner? Oh, the endless runner. Yeah, Mario Mario run. Yeah. What did I say? Jumping simulator. I I tried to find the right term, and I was like, my brain was like, yeah, you fine with that term? People will get it. Yeah, you're right. I think jumping. Well, it makes sense. You're doing a lot of jumping. Yeah, I almost think that it's. uh, Yeah, I guess he because he's jumping while he's running endlessly. That's true. (laughs) The other thing is, I brought this up to you guys before, and you guys don't know who Uwe Ball is, which it could be because I'm mispronouncing it. I remember seeing this article, but that's that's the only time I've seen his name. I remember like seeing this news, but I don't remember ever hearing about him before that. Uwe Ball. Uwe Ball. Is the reason why no one takes video games movies seriously? Thanks, bud. He's taken some rude, pretty decent franchises. And, like, damaged them. Okay. Uh, yeah, I want to know more about that. He's a German director. He's... That's why. Kidding. He wanted to make a... <laughs> Don't leave <Whoa>. German <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Your boy from Strasbourg. Shots fired. Damn. Yeah, I'm allowed. You know, it's like a guy from New Jersey can make fun of people of New Jersey. It's almost the same thing. This is true. Gotcha. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're going oh, pretty wow. different. I'm going to go with Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, Uwe Balls made um, House of the Dead... Blood Rain, Blood Rain 2, Ugh. and The Name of the King, which is uh, a movie based on yeah, uh, Dungeon, uh, Dungeon Siege. Siege. Yeah. 
Yeah. He wanted to make a Boulder's Gate movie. Yeah, these are all pretty bad movies. And he's pretty much taken pretty decent game franchises and, like, ruined them. Uh, well, so hopefully he's not behind the Assassin's Creed movie? Well, he's not. No. And no. Thank God, right? Also, there is another one. Good. Michael Fassbender, he's pretty cool. Well, I'm on the I'm also on the fence with the Assassin's Creed movie because it's coming out at the same time as Star Wars. And mm. the thing is, so this is something that Ari and I talk about a lot, actually. When Warcraft came out as a movie, it was gonna come out Christmas last year. But then Disney goes, Hey guys, Star Wars. And then Blizzard and Legendary were like, uh, let's move this. So we don't have any competition because well, just get out of the yeah, way. like like we don't we don't want our movie to fail because of Star Wars because they believe they had a really good movie on their hands. And I enjoyed Warcraft. It wasn't nearly as bad as people said it was. It was a fun summer movie. But Assassin's Creed is coming out the same week as Star Wars. And if the movie is a box office flop, mm. they can they can go well. We came at the same time as Star Wars and it's an easy out for them versus yeah. if they believe the movie was strong enough and to hold its own, they would have pushed it back similar to what Legendary did with Warcraft. But what's the news with Uwe Boll? So Uwe Boll was using a- a- tax a- loops a- to make his movies. A- 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 is, that- <laughs> <laughs> is that real? I'm sorry. I, I, now I want to know. But yeah, he was using tax loops to make all the movies. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm... I- how Yannick pronounced it. That's oh. <laughs> what I was more oh, interested in. It's Uwe. You just went, <laughs> and then I was like, that could be it. It's Uwe. He's pronouncing it Uwe. Uwe. Okay. Uh, so okay. he was using tax loops, and because people were so desperate to get video games into movies, they would sell the movie rights really cheaply. But now with Warcraft mm. and Assassin's Creed, the video games movie rights have gone up, and all these governments have gotten savvy to him using these tax loops. So they're closing the tax loops, they're increasing the price, and he's like, I can't make these movies anymore because it's too expensive, because you guys are idiots, and enjoy all your wonderful movies like Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, 4, and Warcraft. My God. So he's pretty much going, the source material for video game movies is bad, and you all suck. And I don't care that I can't make movies anymore because they're still going to be sucky. But I, and I heard he still wants to make a GTA movie, though. No one's going to give him that. He wanted to make a Metal Gear Solid movie. And he's like, come on, Kojima, give me the rights. And Kojima said something along the lines of like, never, ever, and not even over my dead body. Not good enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I he's not clearly not into the rights of Metal Gear falling into the wrong hands. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. You so we, can call him, we can call him O-Ball o- 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 then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't yeah. we call him Toilet Bowl? Toilet Bowl. Mm-hmm. Toilet Bowl said, okay. quote, I don't even care. <laughs> See? Feels good. Yeah. All right. What else do we have? My hodgepodge, um, I've been conflicting with many hodgepodges. Um, there's some stuff going on. But like always, I kind of want to give my impression that I have like like a thought that I had during the week. Um, mm. And I was shocked. Last week, we picked uh, our sports game uh, to evaluate. If you have forgotten which one we picked, just check the previous episode. Oh, wow. uh, It's going to be some plug. interesting stuff. So I wanted to um, 
of course go ahead and 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 purchase my game and i was like well i mean i i pretty much know that i'll i'll definitely put some hours for the show but i know that i won't be having the time neither the 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 need to really play it as hard as i want after mm-hmm. um i'll give it a good test run and then probably you know want to return it so rentals were perfect for me and i was just kind of amazed after a few days thinking about it and and renting in it with a i, th- I think we consider service i think i i'm going to use i still haven't done it but i'm, I'm signed up i'm going to use gamefly.com and i'm oh. amazed at how like how i'm I'm going to use it as an objective but i don't know if i can i'm, I'm amazed at how third party you have to go to rent a game um and i don't know who i'm pointing fingers at here but uh for a an industry here that has dlcs uh different price range deals uh, yeah. Some games get cut off and everything on the official PlayStation Store, on the official Microsoft. Uh, I don't know how they call it. Probably my Microsoft Store as well. Um, there is no way for me to rent, have the possibility to rent a game. And today you can rent a movie. You can probably rent an album. Um, I would say dig- so. Digitally, digitally and physically. I'm not making a difference here. Uh, and I think that's the one of the main reasons why physical copies are going to persist in this world is because of the rentals and people want to sell back and stuff like that um so i i I truly believe uh, even though i'm not a i'm a digital purchase guy those days but uh, i I understand the 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 argument behind someone uh, wanting to buy the physical copy um aside from the uh from the um the affectionate aspect of having something like a box to feel and and a disc to insert you know all those yeah. things um that are part of the experience uh but like it kind of amazed to me it, it amazed me that i i had to go through a third party pay a monthly subscription and uh, and get my rentals um maybe i would have wanted to do that with playstation or some or some stuff like give them ten dollar a month on top of my playstation plus or give amazon some kind of a thing like that just like they have amazon music for ten or eight dollar a month um give them eight dollar a month and have some rentals and you know have a few games per month well you you can do that with playstation they've got the playstation now i don't know that it's necessarily like it's it's nothing from playstation 4 they're using it as like a backwards compatibility. Okay. Yes, exactly. Because the well, yeah, I think also the limitations are uh, with a digital rental service, you would need to be streaming most likely. Right. Otherwise, you know, there's a lot of overhead for for something like Sony to to build some sort of mechanism to allow you to download a rented game and then make sure that you can't play that game yeah. after your rental period has has gone up. So I think it's probably just like a little bit of a headache for the the current content providers like Sony and Microsoft to implement. Also, if, if you're a, a, a game developer, uh, I don't necessarily know that the economics of that licensing that you would do for that rental makes sense for you. I think if you're a game developer right mm-hmm. now, you're making enough money with the current business model. In fact, you're probably making more money than you would with some sort of like really supportive rental model. 
And I don't necessarily know that like there's anyone currently involved other than maybe us, the consumers who are incentivized to move towards some sort of like rental business model. To, to have, to have rental being a, to have rental being a possibility. Yeah. With like Gears of War was a a 70 gig download. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. I think that like renting a movie is much different, especially considering the fact that you can stream it. Most places in the U S at least have data caps on what you can actually download. Like we have a friend who lives in Florida and it took him forever to download Gears, and when he did, his bill jumped because he went over the data cap for the month. Oh, I can't stand that stuff. Is so anti-consumer to me. It's crazy. I think the other problem too is a lot of these games require patches these days. Now that they're always like constantly online, and it gives the developers the ability to ship something that might need to be fixed at some point, and baking in like the patching mechanism to a rented game, right? Like you rent a game on day one that requires a day one patch. Like I think the technical overhead of having to also bake the patching into that rental system is probably pretty difficult. Right. Now the technical difficulties are definitely a, a valid point that I haven't really thought all through. I've, I've just gotten to the head of like the, I mean, look at what the situation we're here right now and it, we may want to address that next week or something, but you have so many great games. Um, I tweeted that this week. I can't remember the last time that gamers have been so satisfied with their choices. Um, there's a range of games yeah. that you can play and just be mm-hmm. sure you're going to be happy about it. Um, if it's n- Even if it's not your thing, you're going to be offered a like an experience. I don't know. I'm talking about Gears of War. I'm talking Battlefield. I'm talking Titanfall. Call of Duty comes back and he has some remaster stuff. Call of Duty yeah. is Call of Duty, but still has a fan base. Some great sports game out there. Um, you have such a wide range of things to play right now, and I am the one who I'm. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm impulsive, but I'm not gonna buy all those, even though I want to try them all. And uh, maybe have a, you know, keep that. And then, especially in the world we live in, where um, while well, streamers spread the word pretty well i mean titanfall 2 to be honest and i don't want to extend on the topic but i wasn't excited about that game i was just like it's gonna come out it's gonna be like the first one but i keep on seeing every day every day like that mouse to hear um (laughs) you know effect affecting me (laughs) you know it's like titanfall 2 is a great game that's what i see at least five times a day like those days buy titanfall 2 and thank me later i'm like what the what what the what the jigglypuff is happening with this game? <laughs> I've go. never seen such. I think it's because also it was a big surprise for everyone. But you know, there's the element of surprise that Titanfall is using right now for for itself. But it's um, but having you know having to rent my UFC two unlimited game uh, through GameFly.com in in the same and in, in the same world in the same time in the same day, I. You know, I cannot give Titanfall to a shot for a little bit, even if I have to give a little bit of money. Um, yeah. You know, five bucks. I don't know. It's, I know it's technically complicated, but five bucks. Let me play it for I don't know, for twelve hours or some shit or some stuff like that. And then you know, and and I don't think they would lose money. Yeah. I think it would only promote the good games. Um, it would only. I don't think it would make the sales decrease or some stuff like that. It would always just give more more you know marketing material for 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 games to be hyped about and you see how i think yeah. overwatch was free for like a weekend or some stuff i mm-hmm. think that was and, and and that's the spirit right there um 
get people to talk about the game again. Okay, people that didn't have the budget. Um, some people out there cannot put like sixty dollar on 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 a game whenever they want. And uh, mm. Overwatch being just available for a few days, yeah. and I'm not—I don't know who I'm pointing it. I don't know who I'm pointing fingers at. It is just a frustration that I have in mind that there is maybe a um, well, also, and I have you know more competitors to GameFly. I don't know. I don't know many of them. Uh, I basically just Google, and this one seems the most viable. They're the only one I ever see advertised, <clears throat> right? So you know, maybe there's more a market to fulfill here. I don't know someone yeah. out there i think it's just inherently like a pretty volatile space right now as far as like the business model of video games like i would be nervous to try to like jump into that yeah i think there's a lot of dust that still needs to settle in terms of how much games cost how people get games and how people pay for them and how often they pay for them but um and so i think like gamefly is meeting one need right now that's like a small part of all that dust that needs to settle yeah yeah no, no, right. agreed all right, my hodgepodge is something that's just in my mind and now in everybody else's web browser, <laughs> which is uh, <laughs> pixelsweekly.com has more than just a podcast on it now. Whoa. What? Hey. Whoa. Tell what? me more, Ryan. What? <laughs> oh, you're interested in this content? What possibly could you is be talking about? Do you have free? to pay for that? This delicious, <laughs> free, salty oh, content. Free? Um, so if you go to pixelsweekly.com, uh, you can now click on the menu and go to the blog section where we're going to just post all sorts of different things. All of us can kind of write there. And, um, I think one of the cooler things that, uh, I ended up doing, um, that I really sort of like and hope we can continue to do as these games come out or as new games come out is review roundups, which uh, is yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of going to check every single website, you can go to our one post and see what IGN, Polygon, GameSpot, Destructoid, and some of your other favorite sites have to say about the games that are coming out. I um, loved that. I didn't even know you were going to do that. And then I saw that you had posted it and I went and checked it out and it was awesome. I found it very so useful. We make good content for you. Dog That's fooding. Good. Dog fooding, man. Dog fooding. Totally. So uh, there's some fun stuff there. It, essentially, when there's a lot of video game news that happens week to week, some of it more significant than others. But when there's little stuff that we find interesting, you know, we'll put it up there um, and we think you'll find interesting. And mostly quotes and links to the original articles with you know, if we're creating content, we can put it there. And some of our hot takes on stuff. Hot um, takes. And uh, certainly look for look for all sorts of Black Friday stuff uh, in the so deals. What was the, we'll, uh, yeah, what was the first article about? The very first article was just me uh, saying welcome to the blog. But then we've got stuff for uh, talking about the new Sonic game that's in the works, how Nintendo ended production on the Wii U. Um, the target deal of buy two games, get one free stuff about steam is now enforcing. You have to show screenshots, uh, for your listings and games instead of just weird marketing illustrations and stuff. And then finally, uh, call of duty, uh, the review roundup there. And, uh, I would say this call of duty is to me, surprisingly low, yeah. um, this year oh. from what it mm -hmm. is in respective years. I'm seeing a lot of, you know, Polygon was kind of the most reverent of it at an 8.5, where IGN was 7.7, 7, GameSpot at an 8, and Destructoid at a 7. So, yeah, it's just a good Call of Duty, which is fine. I mean, Call of Duty is a good game, so that's, a, yeah, that's it for me. All right. Check it out. Check it out. Go to pixelsweekly.com slash blog. Also, don't be scared to tell your friends about the Pixels Weekly blog. 
They won't Don't bite. be afraid. They might even enjoy it. Yeah. Tell everyone. So I picked up uh, I picked up the Skyrim Special Edition for PC. I uh, I caved. I pulled the trigger on that. I had originally played Skyrim on my Xbox, and I think I had even played it uh, pretty long after it had originally come out. And uh, the first Bethesda game I played was Fallout 3, and I didn't care for that uh, you know, too much, but I remember really enjoying Skyrim, although, as usual, I didn't even finish it, and that's sort of what led me to buy this special edition for the PC. Um, but there's something about the atmosphere of that game, the music... Uh, sort of the world, what it looks like, and I think the story is actually pretty compelling of of the part of it that I have been able to play. So I finally picked it up on PC, also sort of with the expectation that A, it's on PC, which has always looked nicer than on the console, and B, it's the special edition, which comes bundled with some of the visual improvements that the PC has always benefited from. So you don't even necessarily have to mod a whole lot of it anymore. It's kind of baked into the game. Um, The PC version having always uh, supported mods this special edition version for the consoles, the Xbox One and the PS4, now having mod support, which is kind of a big deal for people who play it on consoles. Um, but yeah, I've sunk a bunch of hours into it this week, sort of like getting to re-experience Skyrim a couple of years after the last time I touched it. And, you know, like it's, it for me at least, I think there's a lot of people, especially the PC community, who are negatively reacting very strongly to this game uh, or the, the special edition mm. release of it in that it's not actually adding any content and it's not necessarily providing much of an improvement upon what you could already get through the mods with the original edition but it's also free for people who had the original edition with all of the dlc already purchased if you already have all that stuff it's free for you and so the outcry from the pc exactly I, i look at that and i'm like oh good guy bethesda giving you some new stuff for free and if you just look at some of like the negative comments, it's like, this isn't even a different game. They didn't say it was a different game. Like They were very, very clear about what it was going to be. And yeah. in like literally a Hail Mary at the very end, managed to get mod support on PS4 because that was a huge deal where Sony was blocking them on that. So I think just the sheer fact that they were able to bring a game to consoles that has built-in mod support, which I don't know of many games that do, and the fact that it gives someone like me, I'm like the perfect candidate for it, where I never ha- owned it for PC. Now I've got my nice, powerful PC. I would love to play Skyrim again. I would love for it to look beautiful. And now I can do that. Let, let me ask you this. I, I'm, I'm floating this out here for you guys, but do you... I mean, we kind of talked a, a little bit about this yesterday, or, or last week, rather. Do you guys feel like negativity is kind of at an all-time high with with the gamer fan base now? A- at this absolutely, point? <laughs> and we will get into it later on. But holy crap, Mike Morheim, I love that guy, and we'll talk about what he mentioned at the end of the BlizzCon opening ceremony. But I do think that right now there's a really, really, like, really negative. If you look at all of the stuff that we talked about with No Man's Sky and just sort of the general reactions to games that have been coming out and game studios and game developers. Like, it's almost like if you freaking hate games that much, just stop playing them and just stop talking about them. Yeah. No kidding. Agreed. No kidding. But um, anyways, you know, typical Skyrim. I've put like 10 hours into this and maybe completed like five quests. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's Good great. They, uh, they sort of like, they really improved the foliage and the, and the textures and uh, the water shaders. And there's a lot of really great lighting and stuff that's been added to it. Um, so I'm sort of like slogging through all of the content that I had already played um, and mm-hmm. hoping soon to get to a point where I am, am reaching some new content. But um, I mean, the game shows its, shows its age a little bit. But yeah, what were you going to say, Sandy? What else did you buy for PC? Oh, yeah. And 
this is actually a perfect segue for our topic for the day. Um, I caved. Did you wait? Did having, you two plan that? No. <laughs> and having uh, having played a whole bunch of Overwatch on the PS4 before I built my PC with a whole bunch of skins and sprays and other achievements that I can't move over to my brand new purchased Overwatch PC oh, copy. Don't get me started. Yeah. I purchased for PC. Uh, I caved in, and this is actually before BlizzCon, and I'm actually super pumped because now I'm on the right platform to get good and go to the Combine yeah. and become a pro master Overwatch player. But uh, first, I got to get to level 25 so I can play. Davis is going esports. Davis is getting esports. Um, yeah, I got to watch PC. I played a little bit with uh, Ryan and his bros. I think Sandy, were you on it? We were trying to get you on it at some point, Sandy. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't been on this week, but I know. There's one thing I love. I love playing Overwatch with Tyler because yeah. he he's my spirit animal. Yeah, I've been having to adjust to the uh, the keyboard and mouse controls, but I can already see how it is vastly superior to playing that game with a controller. But um, please, anyone who knows anyone at Blizzard uh, who's listening, please just try to help me figure out why I can't transfer. I don't even need to transfer my level or my competitive score. I just want my skins. Yeah. I have skins that I cannot get anymore. I have things that you cannot get ever again in the game. I've got player icons from competitive season one, stuff that you will not be able to get, novelty stuff, and I just want that on my PC account. Yeah, I think it'd be cool oh, if they you let still... you connect your, your Battle.net account. and just... It is connected. It, but the problem is, yeah. I, th- I think it's Sony. I, it's got, I, I keep trying to read up to see if anyone has any like discreet explanation no, they for do why. the same thing on xbox man yeah you'll still have more skins so than me but Davis. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm sure there's all sorts of licensing and security around like where the data is stored and their ability to share that data between platforms but like i you know in, in obviously you know blizzard wins in this one that i eventually did cave and buy it but for the longest time after i built my pc i was so happy to spend another 40 dollars and buy that game and i just wasn't doing it yet because i was hoping at some point to be able to transfer that content and like they were losing a a a, a purchase uh, because of their inability to do that. But again, I don't necessarily want to put all of the blame on Blizzard because I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on with Microsoft and Sony too. But anyways, Overwatch and PC, it's great. I'm gonna play all day today. Yeah. In in my heart, you have all the skins, Davis. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, in your heart, you have all the skins. That's yeah. That is wow. Uh, that's exceedingly deep, creepy sounding. Yeah, that's some deep multicultural. <laughs> I know. Scary, spooky. In your, in your heart, you have all it. the skins. All right, Blizzcon, Blizzcon. All the skins in my heart. <laughs> Blizzcon, let's all right, talk about Blizzcon. Blizzcon. Let's do it. Yeah, we want to talk about Blizzcon. So, Blizzcon. Uh, first of all, a little primer uh, for Blizzard fans. Every single year, not for Blizzard, for everybody, but uh, Blizzard fans mainly care about this. Blizzard holds a giant convention to give an update on their suite of products and services they they're really the only company that i can say is like exclusively games as a service right yeah Yeah. um and they have uh, their lineup is world of warcraft starcraft diablo heroes of the storm overwatch am i missing anything hearthstone Hearthstone, of course. Of course, I always forget about Hearthstone. Hearth, even Hearth, Hearthstone. Hearthstone. Hi, I'm a Hearthstone player. Yeah, we'll player. talk about this in a second. This I'm not a fan. <laughs> um, so uh, the the opening keynote uh, comes out, and they come out swinging. Um, first, talking about how they're partnering with uh, with a, an AI company called Deep Mind to bring artificial intelligence to StarCraft II. In what 
is we all agree on this is the end of the world right this is how it happens <laughs> yep yep no yeah i want to welcome our computer overlords so. <laughs> okay, um, good. she just wants yeah, deep to mind is a they're a google company mm-hmm. uh they're part of the oh, alpha, are they? yeah they're part of the alphabet umbrella oh no kidding um, and so i think they've done a bunch of ai work with previous video games and stuff and so i think this is a pretty cool partnership because star star uh, starcraft is probably pretty c- complex when it comes to that sort of stuff Wow, that's wild. People have written dissertations on StarCraft and like how you feel when you win and when you lose. It's like a whole huge like psychological thing. And people don't realize like StarCraft is a pretty StarCraft is also like the beginning of esports. So it's like a huge yeah. deal. And having like the AI and DeepMind learning how people quickly make different plays on the fly. It's pretty cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Yeah, <laughs> Moving on. Yes. <laughs> just kidding. <God. laughs> no, well, I mean, we, I, mean that's it, I saw country. that too. I saw that presentation. Um, and um, it was a little bit of a, uh, I, it, to me, I mean, it looked first at as a promotional thing. It's like, oh, some like, they yeah. pr- they do some prog placement during the, during the BlizzCon. And then I quickly realized it was a big deal, but um yeah, it's, no, uh, it's huge. Um, right after they talked about, or maybe it was before this, but uh, I don't know if you guys saw the, so uh, Alan Adam, which is one of the, uh, Mike Morheim in his interview afterwards, uh, so he did like a little bit of a 15-minute interview, Mike Morheim being the, uh, yeah. the CEO of Blizzard, he did like a 15-minute interview right afterwards with some panel, with a, a couple of the um, the commentators, and he mentioned how Alan Adam is arguably the founder of Blizzard. He's the one who convinced them to start the original company, Silicon and Synapse. Um, but they announced that he's coming back to the company. Um, yeah, that's wild. And that's incredibly wild and exciting because I don't know that someone like him comes back to the company without something new and exciting to work on. Mm-hmm. I don't think a whole lot of people decide one day, mm, I'm going to come out of retirement and go work on that yeah. same thing that I built 10 years ago. No. So yeah, you're right. That is uh Really, and and we also talked recently in a previous episode about um, one of uh, the the lead directors of World of Warcraft rolling off of that project and potentially onto something new. And so, when you kind of like start looking at those two pieces of information, I start to get pretty hyped about potentially what uh, Blizzard has up their sleeve in terms of next steps. Um, but that was just a very small part of that that presentation. Ryan, I'll let you uh, kind of continue with the the bullet points. No, I'm 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 with you, and I. I that's interesting that you say that because what could he be working on? And so we'll, exactly. we'll talk about that after we, we kind of wrap uh, some of this stuff. So Heroes of the Storm, if you're a Heroes of the Storm player, uh, Varian Rin. Is that how you mm-hmm. say it? It is. Yep. You are Varian Rin and Ragnaros is going to be added to the lineup. And uh, I had to ask Davis who the heck these people <laughs> were. I was like, I know this guy's cool, I think. what What's his deal, Davis? Um, so he's so like, yeah, he's the, the human king of Stormwind. He like, I sort of make him analogous to like an Aragorn. If you were to translate Aragorn into WoW lore, he's sort of that mm. character. Um, but what I loved about that, presentation actually a lot of the things they presented they had these really incredible animated shorts to go along with them sort of akin to the overwatch animated shorts that they've been doing with characters and like that was really cool they could have very easily just sat there and announced like oh here's these two awesome characters that you know and love from world of warcraft and they're coming to heroes of the storm and the crowd would have gone nuts 
But the fact that they did it with like a five minute awesome video about it or like a, these animated short stories or whatever. Um, so spoiler alert, skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this, but Varian Rin died at the beginning of Legion. <laughs> Uh, and that's a huge like hit to the uh, the soul, the heart, if you're a huge World of Warcraft fan. And sort of this animated short uh, sort of goes about, uh, you know, wherever he's gone. He's passed on from the like the normal realm, but he's now somewhere else, happier, better or whatever, still fighting for us. And that was just Jigglypuff and cool. <laughs> and, and Ragnaros, uh, if I if I may try to guess if I still have some uh, World of Warcraft knowledge, is the last boss of Molten Core, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you you played vanilla. You know who he is. Okay, good old Ragnaros. I Ragnaros. forgot his skills. So. Yeah, it'll be fun. I can't wait to. I mean, I think it's great that they're doing Heroes of the Storm, even if it's not necessarily the esports uh, game of choice. Heroes yeah. of the Storm is so. To me, it's the most fun version of those MOBAs. Yeah, I put it since we played. I put it in a special place in my heart, and it's good memories. And it's probably just the the MOBA the MOBA the the. Uh, the entrance, you know. It's the, the easiest first. to get into for sure, and yeah. you don't yeah. have that you know, toxic compared to the other community. ones. It's just and yeah, I, I mean, I prefer it over. I haven't played Dota or League of Legends, and I don't know that I will because I prefer it just because it is a Blizzard game. I would much rather do something with characters that I know from other games, and I just like to support Blizzard in general, and I would rather like play their game. But like Dota um, and League are yeah. rips of Warcraft. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yep. <laughs> All right. Now we have to talk about something that. I lost my mind over you were all in a group text. Yeah, you were me. blasting my phone. I was blasting. And the thing is, I was commentating for we have a gamers channel, and I I was watching it and I was commentating it. And Curtis goes, "Make sure you tell me when something Diablo related comes up." And he was in a meeting, and I passed by him, and he looks so sad. But I'm like spamming all the <laughs> stuff that's going on, and I'm like. Diablo 20th anniversary, this is what's happening. And everyone just lost their mind. So crazy. So that it is the it's Diablo's 20th anniversary, which makes me feel old. Um as it should, many of you, if you if you play the original Diablo or have those memories. I think Diablo was one of the first it wasn't in the first, but it was it was certainly very on in my gaming uh life that I found Diablo and played Diablo. And I remember it being incredibly hard uh, at the time, you know, yes. not really understanding what, what the game was. But so they're adding some new zones, two new zones, which are essentially like new acts to Diablo, but they're doing it sort of devoid of story. They're just adding them to adventure mode, uh, which I think is smart because there's not a ton of more Diablo story to tell, at least in Diablo 3. Um, well, not only so that, but I think great. the Diablo story is historically repetitive. <laughs> Yes. Like yes, when you like, hey. when you name the game after the main villain, it's sort of hard to come up with other main villains. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. It's like, hey, Diablo got out again. You're like this oh, pesky Diablo. Here we go again. <laughs> I only like Mario can get away with that, right? I, <laughs> um, oh, I guess so, playing Bowser again. <laughs> so then he comes out and they're like, many of you, it's 20th anniversary. Many of you remember Diablo one. They are recreating Diablo one inside of Diablo 3 and yeah. it's so crazy that they're doing this it's so crazy um because actually the other day I said to, I was saying to Curtis because Curtis always pitches to me uh, Curtis my brother for people that don't don't know uh he's a big Diablo fan and I said he said I just want to play Diablo 2 again I was like you think you do 
But Diablo 3 has so much stuff that is better in it that you probably don't. But if they could remake Diablo 2 in the Diablo 3 engine, I would be psyched. And I feel like this might pave the way for Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, if it goes well. Did they put a price tag on it or is it free? It's free. It's free. Oh, God. (laughs) Blizzard, why do you? You're just so damn good. I can't get over it. The only caveat is that you have to have Reaper of Souls. Yeah, you have yeah, to have the expansion. And you know what? They, they they said they'll make it up on the back end by charging you for loot boxes to refill your skin collection <laughs> in Overwatch. Sandy, uh, but- Sandy will single-handedly... Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Here's a couple details about it. It is the same 16 floors of the Tristram Cathedral from Diablo 1. There will be all four bosses in there reworked, including the big, bad, beefy Diablo at the end. Uh, they're putting in retro vision mode. Mm-hmm. Did you guys yeah. see this retro vision see that. mode? Was that, that, was that part of the, the opening ceremony or was that during the special yeah. section on Diablo? Yeah, so well, he mentioned ceremony. it in the opening ceremony. I don't know if they okay. showed it. What is but it? But it basically makes the game pixelated and grainy like Diablo oh, 1. <laughs> I lo- so I love res- that. I love that they remake it in the new engine, and then in the new engine they make it so that it'll look like the old engine. <laughs> no, and it will sound <laughs> yeah. like the old game too. Yeah, and they, they're redoing the soundtrack, and uh, they are restricting character movement to the original eight axes of the the first game so up down left right and diagonal in each direction so this should look feel and play a lot like diablo 1 only you can still take any existing character that you have in diablo 3 and play through this content this is how you know how much money they've made off of overwatch and legion when you can start throwing (laughs) money at like perfecting and polishing stupid but awesome shit like this oh my god and then uh if all of that wasn't enough Four years after the launch of this game, they came out and they were like, we're adding in a new character class. And it's the one that people have been asking for since the beginning of Diablo 3, the Necromancer. Oh, this is my boy, you guys. Also, they lost everything. Like, people were freaking out. Like, finally, (laughs) I was getting uh, messages from Arya, Curtis. Uh, you guys and I was like, y'all need to shut up because like I need to get work done. Leave, leave and me that alone. also had that also had a great little animated movie. Like they're adding a necromancer, and yeah. that had a whole entire like production quality movie associated with it. So BlizzCon awesome. is great. So we awesome. should go next year. It's so yeah. much fun. Yeah. So for anyone IGN, who is unaware uh, how we oops. are. Uh, talking about all of this knowledge we all got uh, the virtual ticket which is something that blizzard allowed allows you to sort of see the stream of this which i will say was an incredibly high quality stream i was really really pleased yes. with what i got for for what i paid for and actually the opening ceremony is streamed to the public for free yes yeah it's all the rest of the week that is um that's locked behind the door. and you have two weeks of like video on demand so when i went to blizzcon mm-hmm. two years ago all the pa- it's two days they're not really long days. It's pretty, for a convention, it's pretty short and compact. If I was at the opening announcement, I would have missed everything else that I wanted to do. So we watched everything on the mm. BlizzCon app on demand. Yeah. So it's one of those so, things, like, wow. I, I love it. And it also gives you early access to their, like, BlizzCon store. So you can buy all those special things before anybody else can and have that delivered to your house. I've been doing it for... Four years now. 
I think the virtual ticket has been available. That's cool. Yeah. So before we get on to, I think, what's probably uh, kind of the most exciting or interesting part of this uh, this opening ceremony, um, I will briefly mention that you guys also watched the segment with the Hearthstone introduction. Mm-hmm. So... Have you, oh. do you guys, do you guys ever play Hearthstone? Yeah, I like it. I like the game. Yes. Okay. I like the competitive scene. No, played it. So, so I like the game as well, uh, as a game, like the, the mechanics of the game I enjoy. However, Hearthstone has begun to represent and continues to move in that direction. Everything that I hate about the changes to the World of Warcraft aesthetic over the years in the concept of it becoming more childish, more loose and funny and comedy related although i do really appreciate a lot of the comedy and and the funny aspects of world of warcraft they they just get a little too i don't know like i don't know what the right word to describe it is but anyways the hearthstone expansion mm-hmm. that they announced is the mean streets of gadget zan <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i, so I like it i mean gadget zan, it's kind oh, of like man. that's the point of hearthstone it's like what if you were in a tavern with your friends playing a card game it wouldn't yeah. be something serious. It'd be something fun and lighthearted. That, that's true. I think that okay. Then I think that's that's a, a fair angle. The the video for it was was cringeworthy in my opinion. So Mean Streets of of Gadget Zan. It's it's Gadget Zan, which is this small little town in Tenaris, which is this like desert area in World of Warcraft. And it's like mm-hmm. Gadget Zan in an alternate reality or in the future where it's been built up into this sort of like. I don't know, like 1960s New York City where there's an underground like mob scene going on and there's these mob families uh, and it's all about like gambling and making a buck playing Hearthstone in the mean streets of Gadget Zan. And mm. like even just talking about it, I'm still okay with it. But the 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 movie that they had to go along with it, oh man, I wanted to, I, I just felt like they were advertising something to a four-year-old. And maybe they are. Maybe, maybe the target demographic of Hearthstone <laughs> just is not me. Um, but I, oh man, it, I did not, I'll, I'll probably play at some point. Although my biggest problem with Hearthstone is evolve the Blizzard games. I think that's the number one pay to win game. Um, so, you know, I, I don't necessarily play that often cause I can never win cause I don't want to pay, you know, hundreds of dollars for cards. But anyways, um, Interesting. yeah, I don't think was yeah. a, you have the option with Hearthstone. You can either grind the cards or if you don't have time, then you can buy the, the packets and what they've done with the game is actually really cool. You can't, after an expansion is passed, you can't get those cards unless you make them out of the the magic dust that's in the game. So there isn't really that pay to win aspect of, of it. You just have to be really clever with how you play your cards. And there's a lot of RNG in that game. Yeah. What is RNG? Random, Random number, number generator. generator. Basically like okay. when you when you get loot. There, there's like a random number determining the loot that you get. Yeah, it's the guy that people get mad at in Destiny. Yeah, <laughs> Destiny's in it. Big old RNG. Simulator. Give me the loot. Give me the loot. Give me the loot. Give me the loot. Essentially, a luck. Like, sometimes you have an amazing deck, but if the card you need doesn't come out, then you're you're out of luck. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, anyways, there was that really cool... I love really it how cool. you guys pace yourself down right now. <laughs> like, there's one more news, and everybody's like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Hearthstone. That's great. Yeah. And then I know you all pacing yourself for what's what's oh, man. what's still coming to talk You're about. You're talking about the Overwatch retrospective, right? That mm-hmm. really cool video mm-hmm. that they showed showing <laughs> like, really cool. the launch of Overwatch. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, the first um, really basic and the first six months, the successful launch and the launch room. <laughs> launch room was yeah, really God, cool. It was just really exciting to watch them show. And then my stream all, just all broke, so you have to tell stuff. me my stream broke, so you have to let me know what happened. I don't know. <laughs> it started getting all glitchy on me. Okay. Yeah. It just glitched out. It doesn't work anymore. All Who right. thought that it was glitching? Who thought it was like, dude? So I did for like the first couple seconds. Oh, no. When we started seeing it, the glitch, we yeah. were like, she's here. She's here. She's here. Oh, God. She's here. <laughs> it's like so people. exciting. We were. Listen this is the one character people. that people have been waiting for. <laughs> Listen to you. What have we become? Don't, don't tell me if you're. Don't tell me you're not excited about that, Ryan. Sombra. I uh, yeah, sure. If okay, okay well then Sombra. you, yeah, you uh, Oh man. Sombra. Sombra. So uh for any listeners who are not aware, um one of the greatest parts of Overwatch is that Blizzard has started adding new heroes to the game and they've done it with their first hero Anna, which they uh they launched a, a few months ago. And what's great is it's free. You don't pay for the hero. And um, just like all of the existing heroes in Overwatch, the Ana was incredibly dynamic and different from any other hero and added a whole new amount of like character and di- diversity and in- interesting stuff to the game. Um, so they've been sort of hinting at over the last uh, couple months with sort of like an ARG game that I think, honestly, Yannick, you probably know way more about that than, than I or any of us do. <laughs> um, and so the, the, the public and the community with Overwatch has been able to sort of like crowdsource information to sort of glean some some defining characteristics of this new hero that they've been sort of leaking out slowly over time. <laughs> it's so stupid. The, the amount of investment people put in ARGs is puzzling to it me. is but it's and so fun. i don't take part in any of that i so liked it I'll, i feel the that... hell out of it i would <laughs> oh, so so overwatch like surprisingly has a deep amount of lore baked into it and so i think that's what a lot of this arg stuff points towards is like there's actually like a lot of interesting like story and stuff going on in the background um but the the the, the uh the key word for this uh hero has been sombra and so you can kind of glean that it's probably uh Someone from the, uh, I think there's like a, a gang in the lore from Mexico. Uh, uh, los Muertos. They're, they're, yeah, Los Muertos. And uh, that's all people sort of really knew about it. And so during this uh, this launch um, or this, this retrospective of Overwatch that we're showing at BlizzCon, all of a sudden, and we, we know that she is some sort of like hacker, that she's good with computers. And she's and so all affiliated of a sudden, with the, this, I'm going to take over. Because yeah. this is this is this is my <laughs> she's my girl. This is my home. This, this is, is my homie. This is so Sombra Reaper has a Reaper has a voice line that he says, "Where's Sombra when you need her?" And Widowmaker Reaper, part of this anti Overwatch organization called Talon, full of mischief. They're bad guys, but we love them. And he's always Do we? yes, we okay. love we love bad guys, guys. <laughs> uh, Sombra. Uh. Uh, there's a newspaper clipping in, in El Dorado and in Route 66 and it says, who is Sombra? And it's just a shadowy figure. Sombra in Spanish translates to shadow. So she lives in the shadows, guys. Like, like the, okay. like the Protoss, you know, from the shadows. Okay. But fell flat. You guys are the worst. <laughs> I don't understand. I just don't understand uh, anything that's happening. But anymore. the thing is, 
This isn't even the exciting Overwatch news this, today. It's, it's, <laughs> this is something that everyone was waiting for, and I think because we fueled up so much to it. She took over a bunch of people's Twitter accounts. She had a little skull icon everywhere, and she was just hacking things left and right. There was a countdown that led to nothing that led to another countdown, and people were just like losing their minds. And everyone's like, we're going to get her the day of the dead, the day of the dead, we're going to get her. And then nothing happened and everyone's like super frustrated. And they're like, BlizzCon, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So you can just imagine like, you guys know the, the Jimmy Kimmel thing where the parents say like, I ate all your Halloween candy and like the kids are yeah. having a meltdown. I saw it this morning. That That's <laughs> what the Sombra ARG was for a good chunk of people because it's like here she is and then it's like haha jk we took her away and it's like everyone crying and like breaking down and then finally they're like jk she's actually here at blizzcon and we're like ah well that's what an arg is about because people are always super smart and find things super quickly and then it ends up just being well, hold on how you know, did, not they, the right how did time. they announce her it's been planned it's been planned to announce her at, at, the, at the blizzcon she hacked the feed for um, at the opening announcement, and it played a Overwatch short called Infiltration, and that's how she was announced to the world. It was awesome. Officially. So like they they did this like retrospective of Overwatch video, and it started out just showing like the original launch event for Overwatch and a bunch of people playing Overwatch and stuff, and all of a sudden it started getting all like glitchy. The video feed got all glitchy, and then it like stopped and cut out, and all of a sudden she's like up on the screen like, "Yo, what's up?" It's me, Sombra. Get used to it. And she's so rude. She's so you playful. like my hair color? I love her. I love Sombra. And again, if you, <laughs> if you look like at the gameplay footage of her, different than every other hero in that game. Their, their ability to continue to make dynamic characters, to me, is impressive. There's I, a, I agree with and that. And she's, yeah. she's Mexican. Yeah, she's 30 years yeah, old. Yeah, adding to the diversity of the game. I think, Ryan, you and I have talked many times about how diverse that cast of characters is. It's awesome. It's it really is unbelievable. I mean, it the bottom line is they've managed to do so much um with just just the design of those characters. Yeah. That it's it's yeah, it's been extraordinary for sure. All right, all right, There's, Ryan. Um, what's your most exciting Overwatch news from the opening ceremony? All right. Well, the, the news that I thought was honestly Fascinating. I, I think so to too. I, I'm really pumped about this. Yes, is Overwatch League. Now this is this is essentially Blizzard. I mean, let's let's call it what it is. This is Blizzard trying to set up the NFL. Yes. Uh, for esports. And if you and want somebody to set up the NFL for esports, who do you want it to be? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, they've tried this um, before, a, so there's. I'm a little. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what mm. it could mean. But they did something similar with StarCraft, and it kind of ended up ruining the StarCraft scene in Korea. So it's... But I think they're being so uh, emphatic about using past experiences to help educate them on how to do it better this time around. I I agree. Like I I have similar concerns, but I just feel like they're really, really touting the fact that they're like, we're going to do it the right way this time. Like, I hear what you're saying, Sandy, but this is, for me, the fundamental challenge of esports is this. Number one, a normal person does not seem to have any clear path to participation, right? There's the, how do I get 
good. How do I get noticed? Where do I go? Who would I play for? Okay, so there's all that. Unless you're extremely invested in the community, right? Second, America needs regional teams to root for. <laughs> like, just like saying, this is Team Deathstrike, and they're affiliated with X Corporation. Seems like a weird 1980s sci-fi version of sports <laughs> that just does not translate to how people think about sports, at least in America. Thirdly, if you're going to make a league, you have to set up things like free agency, which I think is amazing that they're doing free agency. And for people that don't realize, free agency is essentially players are signed to a contract for an X number of years. Then once they're done with their contract, they have the ability to go to other teams. They're, they're a free agent. They're, the decision is up to them and they can hunt for maybe being paid better or maybe going to a better team. I think the, the, the idea is to have these Go ahead. I think the big thing that this will do is bring consistency. The biggest problem exactly. that Dota has, yes. and this is something that I've complained about in previous episodes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that if you don't perform well at a major, then the team gets shuffled and the the people that you like to watch are no longer playing together, nor do they get the opportunity to grow together as a team. And then you've got new faces coming in it it gets shuffled too much and it's it's just like all right i'm rooting for an individual now because i like them i like their story i'm not really rooting for a team and something like that works fine for starcraft because you're you're a single player because it's a 1v1 game but for dota league of legends and overwatch in heroes of the storm these are team-based games you need to you need a few seasons to grow and hit your stride before you're actually successful. Uh, totally agreed. Totally agreed. And 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 I'll also say so. The the other thing they're doing is another important aspect of professional sports: league minimums. Yep. Right. If you're going to attract people to do something professionally, they have to be aware of how much money they're going to make, not going, well, if I X amount of tournaments a year and happen to win or come in second place and these tournament prize pools are changing or the sponsors are changing, like there's no predictability. If you Mm -hmm. want to practice your sport, then you have to be like, okay, I know X, Y, and Z is all going to fall into place. I just need to practice. I just need to worry about being the best I can be, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think, so, uh, and along with those minimum salaries come benefits too, right? Yes. Yeah. Just yeah, making I it mean, more professional huge. and official, which honestly, as a consumer is, it's going to sound silly, but I need that to get invested in it. I think that there is just some aspect of current esports where I don't, it doesn't quite feel uh, polished or professional or official and right. I sort of had that like side effect of it feeling a little silly watching it I guess and there's something about the fact I think a just being an American sports fan the regional teams obviously like resonates with me I understand that system I understand how it works um, and then again the fact that there is a path to professionalism they're going to hold these combines in the regions where you can go and try out and just mm-hmm. the fact that it's going to feel more like a this, this is I, I'm sure that it is literally a result of me being like, well, I understand how other sports leagues work. So I like that they're doing stuff like other sports leagues. But <laughs> honestly, I, that's that's fine. And I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the yeah, big and, thing uh, also is the 
the off season. Currently, there is no off season in esports. So essentially, one major finishes, then you're working for the next one, then you're going to the next one, then you're going to the next tournament, and there's no opportunity to kind of just stop and relax. And that's why a lot of these players yeah. burn out so quickly and they burn out at a young age. It's because I don't have a time. Also, the age they start is like six. Which right, is which is they're like crazy young, which is fine because, you know, your reflexes tend to be a little bit faster um, and you have more time for that. But you also need a break and need the time to have like a normal life. I just want to read you guys this quote here. They were talking to... Uh, I believe the person's name is Geo Hunt, um, who is their their executive vice president, Blizzard's executive vice president of corporate operations. <laughs> what a title! <laughs> <laughs> um, he said here, quote to, in in an article to Polygon, quote. Nobody talks about what the prize pool is for the World Cup or the prize pool for the Super Bowl is, said Hunt, quote. Everybody knows that the athletes are very well compensated. They get bonuses for winning the World Series or the Super Bowl, but it's not where the emphasis is in terms of the compensation. That's because a much more stable ecosystem for players and athletes is where they have contracts and guaranteed compensation and benefits and everything else. That's more along the lines of the approach we're taking. I could not agree with everything in that quote more. Yeah. You know? Well, the other thing, too, um, is that so Blizzard recently uh, kicked off their own streaming service for Blizzard games, right? You can stream through Battle.net. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so well, I, uh, I, I have wait, to... Am- through Facebook. Go ahead. Is it through Facebook Live or is it Battle.net? Uh, I think it was streamed I, to Facebook. The, it, it's a partnership. Yeah, it's... it's well, I think it's a uh, yeah. stream to Okay, Facebook. so then here's another thing. If they're trying to go mainstream, they're trying to capture that mainstream esports audience that doesn't exist right now, I just have to imagine that they're going to try to leverage some of that technology to broadcast these this league. Absolutely. So all of a sudden, if right? I can scroll my Facebook feed and watch competitive Overwatch, and people who normally aren't into video games or definitely not into esports can do the same with this diverse cast of characters that are dynamic and interesting. And honestly, I watched some of the competitive stuff. I think I watched a little bit of the the Russia-France match that came on right after that. Like, I just haven't watched an esports match where I got that into it. That was the first time where I actually was like, oh, I I really like watching this. This is exciting. And maybe it's because I play the game a lot and I understand it, as opposed to the MOBAs where I don't have as much of an understanding. So maybe that, that has a lot to do with it. But I don't know. All of those things combined make for a very compelling case for this thing to actually take off. Well, if you're more emotionally invested into the players, then you're more invested into the games. So yeah. we think about baseball and we think about football I can say Tom Brady, and it's going to get an emotional reaction from someone one way or the other. I say Gronkowski, definitely (laughs) emotional reaction. Eli Manning, everyone's invested into these players. Uh, Whatever, East Coast is the best coast. (laughs) Boo! I'm so mad right now. But it's one of those things, like, you have to get invested. And I think what allows Blizzard to do this is... Blizzard and Activision did a very smart move by buying MLG. MLG was the beginning to kind of like create that esports scene and and make it more accessible to people. 
they were they learned a lot from Kespa and how the Koreans do it. They learned a lot from what Valve is doing with Dota. Yes. And even League and Riot, they did League and Riot did do some things uh, properly that that makes League far more interesting for a pro gamer than Dota cuz Dota is a harder game, but it's also the teams are so volatile you don't actually know if you're going to get paid or not. So they learned from but, uh, all there's that. There's also... Sorry. No, go ahead. I, I think to to the quote that, that, that Geo Hunt was saying in this article, there's also an aspect to when I was watching the Dota, you know, championships or whatever, and I was... I, I actually watched it a little bit with Jessica, my girlfriend, and she, you know, the only thing that even the announcers were talking about is, how about that prize pool? How big is that? Five million dollars keeps getting bigger, gets bigger every year, bigger, bigger money, 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 and and that is so Valve's culture, right? That is Valve culture all the way to me. Which is, look at how much money this makes. This makes so much money. Look at our platform. It makes so much money. People make so much money. We make so much money. Yeah, money, 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 yeah. money, 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 right. money. And it's exhausting to me. Whereas, like in the Super Bowl. Those players seem like they want to win the Super Bowl. Yes, right. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of it has to. It has a lot to do with that. Where when I watch esports, I don't get the feeling that these are people that just normally are playing these games in competitive modes, and now it's gotten so popular. They're like, "Oh, hey, we're going to televise this." It all feels very constructed. It all feels very like yeah. we're going to have this event. We're going to have these people and these people, and we're going to handpick them, and they're going to play each other, and all that sort of stuff. As opposed to more traditional sports like baseball and football, where I feel like they're just playing baseball and football, and it happens to be popular enough that somebody decided to turn the TV on and put a camera on it. And, and, I, yeah, and like, I it's definitely not the case these days. I think the NFL was outrageously commercial, and I can talk about that till the end of days. Oh, sure. But it at least uh, doesn't feel like the, the this Overwatch League potentially feels more along the lines of that, and I'll just keep reiterating that it feels more like traditional sports than current esports does, than those esports events that I have watched feel like. Yeah, I think it's also something mm-hmm. that's needed because the one thing is... The one thing that I don't like about the, the Dota community, at least their pro players, is that they're incredibly rude. And they're, yeah. I love the game. I like watching it. But the players are kind of, they're annoying. And not in a, and, and not and, in a and fun way. And is anybody way. holding them responsible? That's for the being thing. Annoying. No one is really holding them responsible. Yeah. At least with Blizzard, there's, yeah. Blizzard does a really good job at cultivating community. They do an incredibly good job at, at cultivating a really positive community. Yep. When I went, I love conventions. I do them all the time. Like, I keep talking about this. Two years ago was like my convention fun New York Comic Con. I went to the International and it was like, oh my God, I'm freaking out. When I went to the International, yeah. I was probably one of 30 women that were there for the entire event that I at least saw and they were like, oh my God, another girl. And I'm like, yeah, isn't that fun? Did you feel like you were in Night of the Living Dead? Was everybody just kind of groping at you? No, because they, they were mostly Ooh. Korean and Japanese and Chinese and their culture is totally different. So it wasn't it wasn't even anything like that. And like, they're very clean. So that, that was fun. Because, you know, cleanliness is important. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then when I went to BlizzCon... It was totally different. It was 50-50, men, women. You're wearing your like your gamer tag for whatever game you're playing. 
on your lanyard and it's like, oh my God, it's you. We're actually yeah. meeting in person from my guild. You're so great. Here, let's have some tacos. And everyone yeah. loves everyone. They love everything that you're doing. You're decked out in nerd gear and it's the most amazing thing ever. And as a cranky New Yorker, I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, I got to play Overwatch for the first time when it was announced and that was really great. I sucked. And I sucked really badly, but no one got mad at me and was like, uninstall the game, noob. And I'm like, we're here all playing this for the first time. So we're all like, what is going on? Yeah. And and that's one of those things that's so much fun about BlizzCon. You get to play these things first with a community that like wants to teach you these things. And with yeah. StarCraft, the Koreans don't trash talk the way Americans do. We love trash talking. But they, they learn <laughs> yeah. our culture and they kind of, you see them develop those things. There's a, a player, and this is actually in the BlizzCon app, they're doing WCS signature series where they talk about their top performers. And this Korean mm-hmm. player, his name is Polt, and he actually has a nickname Captain America because he lives in Texas and he learned how to speak English. And the Americans kind of took him as the last bastion of hope for American Starcraft and he's like guys I'm Korean but we're like we love you Captain yeah, America remember? we love you it it's fun well you, you're sitting there going guys I'm Korean but <laughs> he lives in Texas and spoke English and called himself Captain America he's like I love you guys uh, too and, and I think seeing one, that is fun one more note on this professional uh Overwatch League thing I also hope going going back to conversations we've had on this show I also hope this is paving the way to regular human names. <laughs> yeah, the, the one thing that did kill me teams. was that the video that they they showed was so heavily emphasizing your gamer tag. Yeah, like make Crusher your name. Nine or nine, whatever. I in fact, it was so heavily emphasizing it that for a split second, I thought that they were being satirical and were going to like pull it back and announce that they were it like going really to require weird. real names. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think the fact that. It's Blizzard, and Blizzard will be the the face and the name on the league. I just think they're going to hold the quality and the behavior in the community to a higher standard. And I think that's actually like a really great segue to what I mentioned earlier during my hodgepodge, which is, um, so Mike Morheim, the CEO of Blizzard, at the end of the opening ceremony, just had this incredible quote basically highlighting a couple of Blizzard's core values and how they relate to their interest in everyone like playing nice with each other and and being a community and being positive. And he he commented, and I think he was talking more about sort of the world at large, not just video games, but he commented on how easy it is to be negative these days and how there's a lot of negativity. And he said that BlizzCon is a place where people should be able to come together and cooperate and play nice with each other. And like if you look at Blizzard's core values, they have one called Play Nice, Play Fair that he highlighted and one called Think Globally. And so he was like just sort of like little icing on the cake, little cherry on top at the very end before he walked off the stage. And I just thought that was awesome. They don't have to do that. Like there's nothing that says like they don't have any chips on their shoulder. They don't have any press coming down on them saying that they're like a bad community or they're a company that cultivates bad communities. They go out of their way to emphasize those things. And especially when it's the last thing that he says, I think it has serious impact and I think people listen. Yeah, it's the message that they want to leave you with, the one that they want stuck in your head, yeah. you know? So, I mean, honestly, it, it this translates to when I go to, to to play a game. I was talking about playing Heroes over Dota or League of Legends earlier. Like, when I go to play a game, if I have the opportunity to play a Blizzard game, I'm going to do that. Yeah. So, we've, we've heard a lot from us 
because we are so. I mean, on the lineup of PC games we play are, I would say maybe at this point fifty percent <laughs> Blizzard games, ninety-five or so, <laughs> ninety-five or Sandy. <laughs> what is your thoughts and feelings on this whole thing, Yana? Because I know you're not currently engrossed in in really any of Blizzard's lineup. You've certainly played several of the games and you played World of Warcraft for a number of years and you 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 played Overwatch with us and so you you know all these games you've played Heroes of the Storm with us but you are not currently I guess in the quote-unquote Blizzard zone <laughs> so what did this all feel like to you yeah I'm not in, in in the zone at this moment doesn't mean that they're doing a bad thing uh, I can only uh, welcome all the all the modifications, all the new games, all the initiatives that they take. Um, yeah. And it's, <clears throat> it's an ecosystem that they're creating. And I think the, I was listening carefully to everything that you said about the Overwatch League. I haven't heard a lot about this. I mean, I haven't read a lot about this or even watched the, uh, the stream. Sure, I only I mean, watched the first new, two right? hours or like I only watched the somber reveal pretty much. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I think... Uh, for someone that follows quite a little bit amount of sports, I mean, there's a reason why we say Chicago Cubs and not Cubs and why yeah. we don't talk about the pitcher uh, with his nickname in the locker room or in, like they say, in, in a clubhouse um, and, and rather say his, his real name. So I think everything goes in the right direction. And it's true that even from someone like me who who um, follows a little bit of, of, of esports, but I, I always see myself being a little bit frustrated by that esports scene. Uh, and the more we engage into it, the more I look at the ESPN special website for esports. Uh, you see um, <laughs> you see names and you see stuff you don't really relate to unless you're really a diehard fan. And uh, I think they need to get out of their way and, and that will only help getting yeah. more sponsorships and everything. Um but your your question is very open, and for me, it's very hard to answer. I mean, uh, tomorrow sure. I could go and buy Diablo and and play with you and have my fun. Tomorrow <laughs> right. I can. I mean, I still have Overwatch on my on my console. You know, I could I could boot it up right now, um, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. And World of Warcraft is probably the only special case for me. It's something that I know I I will never put myself into anymore. Um, just because I. I know what I know what I remember and what I remember will be too hard to reach. I I read an article recently about the fact that raiding in um, in Legion is very expensive in terms of time and yeah. in terms of resources and everything. Um so it's like that advanced player experience. Um but what I love about what Blizzard is doing in general is that they talk to me. I when I listen, they talk to me and they talk to people like Sandy or Davis that you know that are ad ad advanced players that are veterans of certain games that they've been playing um davis goes back to to world of warcraft 100 percent. they managed to get him back and they managed to pick my attention up um and it's an art they have mastered and not a lot of uh, not a lot of companies have mastered it um not a lot of people have, have made games that reach generation over time for you know for that long for for almost like a decade, we, we, we hear about the same games. Overwatch has been the new franchise, but the same yeah. games kind of like travel ages. And it's something that I, therefore, will always uh, keep a close look at. Because I know when I see Diablo, when I see StarCraft, when I see Overwatch, when I see World of Warcraft, I, I'm reading the news. I'm reading it. I'm paying attention to it because I, uh, I mean, it's part of me. It's part of us. 
and mm-hmm. uh, and I, I I know I will go back to to those ones here and there. Um, the only thing I have a hard time, uh, you know, uh, feeling really uh, attracted to is really just like Hearthstone, but that's just me. Like in card games in general, I've never been the the card game kind of guy. Yeah, but it is. Um, It is it is hard for me to tell you, you know, if that's going to make me go back into any of those games, if that's going to make me buy a PC, um, uh, and 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 that if that is going to make me go to BlizzCon next year, um, right? What I what I think yes. I really like about this yes. is that they're just yes. leaders right? that BlizzCon <laughs> next year, Pixels Weekly Road Trip, yeah, yay! And I think oh, let's do it. They have. Um, I think they're, they're they're just leaders at this point. We can call them leaders in 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 many things they do, and and having a leader like this is a pretty good is a is a gives you a pretty good overview of the state of video games those days, and that the industry is you know is kind of like has you know has a strong leader and can only we can only um, no matter what game we play on what platform we play we can only. Uh, look at it with open eyes and you know shine like bright eyes and sparkly eyes and how, how many eyes you want yeah um, with yeah. esports that's what was definitely missing blizzard had a lot with starcraft and it was an unexpected success it launched a business that was totally unexpected and essentially the scene needed someone to step up and go this is what's right and this is how we should move forward And Blizzard is trying to do that. Hopefully, it's successful. Yeah. And I really, really want this to be successful. Because I think this is exactly what this scene needs. So, fingers crossed. And hopefully, is, Riot yeah. will follow. And Valve yeah. will follow. And Capcom will follow with Street Fighter. If we have these things and we establish these things. And there's a, a line like, you can go pro. And this is how. And bring it to the mainstream even more than it's been brought now. That's what's needed. And I think Blizzard is very much the the Disney of video games. Yeah. I said it. Is wow, which is God, they would love to hear that right. line. Is is Overwatch benefiting from being one of the first games to be built from scratch with this in mind? Yeah. Do you think like oh I think so. like not I think not so. just with the concept of being competitive in an esports scene, but being built with like being the flagship of an entire esports league? Yes. Like I think when people make made you know Dota, they obviously knew that there was going to be a competitive scene to it, but they didn't make it and tailor it to be the game of a brand new legitimized official esports league. I well i think they had ambitions for that but they didn't necessarily have a plan yeah. for that and a little bit of this is i, I always thought because i i also watched the competitive matches of overwatch uh with russia and boy oh boy is south korea good yeah the koreans are um, very good they're they're the <laughs> dominating force in, in esports guys um but i will i'll, I'll also say I put poor America lost just straight zero oh, and two to the South Koreans, and then they did the same thing to Sweden. I was like, well, at least it wasn't just us. Um, <laughs> but and actually, that connects a little bit to what I was saying earlier about like I want to root for a local team, you know, and then I want to root for the America team when it's America's turn, you mm-hmm. know. Um, the Boston and having that choice is the Boston, the Boston Bastions. Yeah. The Boston <laughs> <Fashion>. <laughs> and so when I, I can't help but look at 
Overwatch. And when I first saw it, I figured this thing is tailored for esports, not just because it's a competitive first-person shooter, but it's ex- here's the things that make it very television watchable. Number one, it's extremely clearly coded. One team in red, one team in blue. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This is a little harder to achieve in most MOBAs where there's a lot of small things happening all at the same time as well as hundreds of little small guys always trickling out always. Second, a very controlled list of characters in very discrete group types, right? Yeah. This is much more traditional sport. You know, it it's... I, I, I dare say that it's even tempting nowadays with the success of Dota and League of Legends to just, let's have a lineup of 200 characters, you know? Yeah. And they, they're dipping into that a little bit in Heroes of the Storm, but even that is a controlled roster. Like, Dota's literally 100-something characters. That's crazy. And that no normal person who watches, like, soccer or football on TV is going to memorize 100 characters worth of yeah. abilities. Right. There's 11 different people on each side of a football field. If you had to memorize like the 50 different positions, like if you, if you yeah. had to memorize 50 instead of 11 that are on offense in a football game. Right, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, the 11 people, like with a controlled smaller number, like 6v6, you can start to understand the discrete roles that exist. This guy's the quarterback. This guy's the blocker. Yep. This guy's a, a forward. This guy's a defenseman or whatever, you know? Um, this guy's the striker. Also, is the, the, striker the, thing in the football objective Yannick? is just inherently uh, more simple. Mm-hmm. Yes, move the truck, stay on the point, you know? like yeah. <laughs> it, Very understandable. So I think that the the only real level of complexity that lies in Overwatch is the different character matchups and the meta of who counters who and what the individual abilities are, right? Yep. That to me is the biggest hurdle to get over if you're watching it. And and like football, understanding any sport. Like when I go to watch basketball, I see people get penalized and I'm like, I don't understand why that's a penalty. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't understand it whereas like i do in football because i follow it so yeah I but you understand the high level concept of like put the ball in the basket right 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 exactly so i'm excited for this i actually did have my first i watched the i watched the dota thing i was like you know that was the other thing like dota has people go into a soundproof glass box and <laughs> And in just the middle of an arena, who knows if they can hear the crowd or not. They can't. Blizzard had people where the crowd was out in open air, right? Um, These people were on clearly coded, like color-coded sides of the arena or whatever. They were all out, which I really enjoyed. There seemed to be a Blizzard official or something around making sure no hijinks were happening. And I just, I thought with the possible exception of the fact that everybody has to sit, this looked a lot more like a sport than what Dota did. And Dota even did like drums for like 20 minutes. Like everything about what Valve has done in esports to me screams, hey, pay attention. This is important. I think the one thing Valve has done really well is get the community involved and get them financially oh, yes. invested. And I think the opportunity that Blizzard has is to introduce this to the masses. 
which is something that's really important. And that's one of those those things that commentators, they need to be players, but they also need to be players that can translate what's going on into terms that make sense. And that's why doing this with Overwatch is like a nice clean start. It's a new game. We have X amount of heroes. This is what each hero does. Let's explain this to you. Let me get you invested in me and let me get you invested into these players and in the game. So that's another huge opportunity that they have. And if they don't do it right, it can go the wrong way. So, okay, one thing before we get out of here today, I I want to talk about, even though we are excited about this, Overwatch has how many heroes now? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, uh, 13, 23. 23. How many heroes can this game actually sustain? Because between Ana and Sombra, I actually think that they've been introducing them at a clip that might be a little faster than necessary. I mean, the game's going to hit its anniversary, I think, before a third comes out. If, they're, if it's I, I think two that's per smart. year, I, I think that's okay. I would almost prefer one yeah. a year. If you're, especially well, if you're going to make this a, a legitimate sport, like this thing can't grow to be a hundred characters. Well, yeah. So, so can't. maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe they start slowing it down a little bit after the first year. I mean, I think that they they they're they're trying to maintain traction with the general consumer right now. Yes. And so totally. adding content and heroes helps with that. The other thing that they that we didn't really mention, so they, they announced a new, you know, real quick, and I know that we're running short on time here, but like they announced a new hero, but they're also announcing new maps and new game modes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. The game, new, game mode are, new game mode are going to be something that will bring my, me back into it, at least yeah. to try. And they, they did the yeah. horde mode with the Halloween stuff. Yeah, they're adding a lot of stuff, and it's all for free. Like, God, Blizzard, you are so good I think us. the... The arena 3v3 is something that I enjoy the most in most of the FPS that I play uh, compared to a 6v6 that is to me a little bit more clustered and where I feel like I don't have a real impact on a game. Mm. Um, as much as you will tell me that I do Ooh, have an impact, yeah, I Overwatch, don't, I don't feel know how, that. how you feel like you don't have an impact, but... I don't, I don't, that's, I don't know, it's like, you know, it's like me and it's like I have to wait for other people in like a... Um, yeah, that's the, it's a team. There's memorable... I feel like there's more memorable things for me to retain when it's a 3v3 situation or an arena type of game. Do you think, do you feel that way also if you're because I feel like part of what you're factoring into 3v3 and maybe I'm wrong so correct me is the fact that with 3v3 you're probably playing with two other people you know. The, that has to the do 6v6, with it like you're not very necessarily often with strangers. No, that has nothing to do with it, and be, because of the fact also that even if you play with people, you and if I have if I have five friends to play with, um, for for most of the games that I play, um, I don't have the skills. The community and most of the people that I play with don't have the not just the gaming skills, but the communication skills to coordinate with with five other people. It's some. Sure. It's an art that is. Are to master. I respect people that and teams and Overwatch that manage to have like solid teams and solid strategy with six people. But that's a lot of factors to to take in consideration. Um, and and no, whether whether it's it's six it's six v six with friends or three v three with friends, I'll go for three v three just because of also just the communication channels are are are, are way clearer and 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 just let you. Um, I don't know, let you have a shot at figuring out having more control over the game a little bit. I am concerned about the 1v1 and 3v3 modes for, 
um, Overwatch only because I feel like the maps will decidedly feel empty. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, uh, but yeah, they will need that's new maps. That's true. Yeah, like a lot of it will be um, need to be filtered. I mean, need to be uh, tailored. Yeah. Maps need to be tailored, or maybe some parts of the map need to be maybe closed. I don't know. Right, I can't right. It has to be Overwatch like maps, shorter you know. or something. It's definitely yeah. one of the, the things I always felt whenever I played Trials <laughs> with you in Destiny, Yannick, was like we were playing on these giant maps and fighting in a single corridor over and over and over again. And then, like, they, yeah. they've got to find some, some way maps, to, yeah. to, shrink, to shrink the map down or do something different. Some All maps right. are, are, yeah. Some, and, and, and Overwatch also has a, uh, a culture where maps are strongly defined for certain game modes. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But yep. So, no, totally. like, Arena will eventually, I don't know how they will make that. Well, up, I think that that's one of the new, I think the new May map, the yeah. Arctic one, is supposed to be specific to a game mode. Okay. Oh, I didn't even see that. See, my stream was so <laughs> bad. I didn't, I didn't see that May was getting mad. My girl May. I think the my girl May. The one thing Sorry, that the, with esports that we didn't really touch upon is that anyone can be a pro gamer, regardless of what you look like or what disabilities you yes. have. So mm. one of the things that I was reading that was really interesting. There's a player that has cerebral palsy. And he was able to customize the controls so he could play with the game. And it was the first time he was ever able to play a sniper in a video game. Oh, my God. So I think it's one of those things that like Blizzard does such a great job catering to their community. They include their people who have passed away. And it it makes me a little teary eyed. Um, they have memorials for people in World of Warcraft and they have memorials for people in Overwatch and they just care so much yeah. about the people who play these games that they want to make sure they well, continue look, doing that. Look who they have at the helm. Is Mike Morhaime the nerdiest CEO you've ever seen? He went on for two that's, minutes about how great is, Weird yeah. Al Yankovic was going to be. He was like, <laughs> have you been to a Weird Al Yankovic show? Because they're awesome. I was yeah. at a bar with him once. That's awesome. Weird Al or Mike, Mike Morhine? <laughs> okay, see, I'm glad I clarified. <laughs> I was like, I was about to talk to him, but Arya was cranky, and Arya's like, no, don't bother him. And I'm like, I just want to talk to him. And he's like, no, no, no. Arya's like cranky for whatever reason, probably hungry. I don't know. Yeah. He seems like a guy that wants to be talked to. He does. He's such I a, would. I would go talk to him. He's such a nice guy, but when you've got a cranky significant other... Who just wants to leave? You can't. Ooh, you can't guy. really like. Yeah. You're like, uh, because the thing also, Arya is not a bar guy, and he's definitely not into nerds getting drunk. So. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I like nerds getting drunk. Uh, speaking of which, I was I was thinking uh, at one point we should all do uh, an episode of the show where maybe we invite our significant others on. <laughs> Uh, it would be a very interesting eight-person episode of Pixels Weekly, but uh, we could talk about how uh, how we game in our relationships because I think we all have slightly different levels of of engagement with our significant others. I, I would uh, bet that Yannick and I are on pretty do. same levels of just about zero. Uh, that, <laughs> that means my Which, relationship is I mean, the, the best. The more I think about it, Suck the more it. it's going to be, a, I think, a great experience. The The more I think about it, the more it's going to be a great They're going to have questions that nobody would have thought about. Like, 
So, <laughs> so <laughs> we need to give them a good more like, time with me. We need well, we need to give a little bit of a script to be like, okay, let's not go too crazy. Let's talk about this part of gaming. Right, and, keep uh, it right, you know. exactly. <laughs> and you know what? I and, and this all came up to me. We you know we've talked about it a little bit before, but it came up double this week because I picked up uh, Bioshock. Uh, I love that the collection. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna play Bioshock tonight. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put it in and ask Jessica if she wants to play Bioshock. And I will sit and watch. I will be, you know, the the cheering on player too. And so that's exactly. She said, "Yeah, sure, I'll give it a shot." And um, baby steps. Boy, oh boy, I I forgot. Like it's great to re-experience something brand new through somebody else's eyes. And I forgot just how scary Bioshock. Yeah, not is. for me. Um, for somebody so who good. like just starts off, like I think of that game as being beautiful and atmospheric. But I also forgot that, yeah, the first time I was going through some of those corridors before I was really powered up in that game, because you do get pretty powerful, um, I had a lot of, you know, anxiety because the world feels very threatening. But anyway, that's for another week and another episode. But that brings us to the end of our week this week. Um, Let's talk about what we're looking forward to this week before we get out of here sombra sombra <laughs> i just oh i'm on a pc now i can play the ptr yeah she's gonna be on ptr public test room people Woo. have been playing with her at blizzcon and the only character that was picked at blizzcon was sombra oh so everybody just all yeah, sombra they just all want to play sombra sombra all sombra matches. yeah not surprising <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm going to continue to put some more hours into Skyrim, I think, and a whole lot of Overwatch. I got to get 25, get the competitive play going on PC. I'm excited. I want to play more Civ 6, and I'm, I want to uh, go deep on uh, Battlefield and Titanfall and just have like a shooter week. Yeah, I'll probably pick up Battlefield at some point. Um, Busy, busy Destiny week next week. Uh, Aaron Banner. Um, oh. I'm close to. I'm close. I haven't done any updates on Destiny. I'm close to light level 400. I'm having a lot of fun in trials. I have a team of, of, of we are a team of three that now go flawless. Which for people that don't know, it's pretty a, a pretty big deal. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, it's it's, it's a lot of fun deal. doing. It's a lot of fun doing so, especially with the spooky trials. There's no radar, no revive mode. It's a lot of fun. Had oh, a, had cool. some changes into the mix. Um, I am currently on my PS4 right now trying to update my credit card info to buy the Dark Souls 3 Season Pass. I want to play the expansion, Dark Souls 3 Ashes of Ariandel. So eventually expect me to talk about it next week. Um, And Battlefield 1. I have a lot of friends who want me to join them on there. And uh, (laughs) we have something prepped for next week, right? So I kind of want to get ready to talk about this thing. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. I want to talk about this game for a large discussion topic at some point this month. No, if it's next week, but <laughs> no it kidding. always changes because we are super prepared. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry if you're a listener out there who's not too interested in Blizzard games because we do get into it a lot on this show. Um, but I think it was a good week to talk about this stuff, and I I would really recommend going and checking out our History of Blizzard episode that we did way back, um, you know, towards the beginning of the run of the podcast. And of course, you can do that over 
at pixelsweekly.com where you can listen to every episode for free. free. Now you can check out our blog and get things like review roundups where we just tell you everywhere to go to look for your game reviews and put it all in one place. And, of course, write into the show and tell your friends. You can do it at pixelsweekly slash contact. Ask us a question. We'll read it on the air like we did with Vishal last week. We still got to read Ready Player One. And, um... I think that about does it. So, until next time. Aloha. Aloha. See you later. And we'll see you next week. 